With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, we're up the top of the tower. We are the Fight Disciples, and I tell you what, we are in the centre of an absolute Merseyside fight storm right now. Of course, we had UFC London this past weekend, and now we gun towards a big show at the end of the month at the MS Bank Arena when British Boxing comes back to Liverpool with a massive card date. I'll give you a little bit of an update on that later. But first and foremost, let me introduce my guest. I've had some crackers over the years in this studio. I've had some world champions, I've had ring magazine champions, I've had the lot, but I've not had many history-making athletes, but I've got one tonight, Meatball Molly McCann, the first English woman ever to win inside the octagon. Oh, yeah. No one on the night, Mol, when Dan Hardy got in in, in the octagon after your win, and he said that to you, that was the first thing he said, before he said anything else. Was you aware of that before the fight? Because I wasn't. I hadn't really thought about it. And when he said it, I was like, oh, yes. So I put a post. So the last fight I had when I lost, I put a post up saying, um, right, I'm going to go and give the performance of my life. And I didn't. So I woke up on fight day and I put a picture up of me at the weigh-ins with an England flag in my hand. And I said, today is the day England gets its first female um, winner in the yep. UFC. I'm doing it for us. I'm doing it most importantly for myself. So I weren't expecting him to say it and I kind of just forgot about it. And when he came in, I put my arm around him and he was like, um, whilst we're on the, the topic, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh my God. And I was like, you know me, you know what I'm about, mate. Yes. <laughs> that, just to be able to say that, that's it now. No one that, can ever take that away no, from yeah. you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't no. matter what you do for the rest of your career. You will always be the first English woman that won inside the UFC. And in some fashion as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was, for me, that was the only way I wanted you to win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wanted you to win in a fight that was terrific from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I thought, Priscilla, I, I, I fancied you going in because I just thought you had a better skill set all yeah. round. But no one did they call her the zombie oh girl. Oh my God, she oh took my goodness. some webs. Didn't she? Some of the big shots you hit her with, I was thinking, how is she still walking? How is she still coming forward? When I only had one eye, it was like, I've boxed that long, I've shadow boxed, I know where someone's headed. It was like hit and hope, do you know what I mean? I was like, right, roll as you throw this so you don't get caught of anything as you throw it. And I was throwing these overhand lefts from Southport because I couldn't see out of my left eye, so I had to swap my stance. And um, and I was like, how is she standing? How is she taking... Like, I can quite honestly say I hit her with everything I had and I couldn't finish it. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know where that at all. That's well, that's, for me, that's what made it more perfect. That's yeah. what made it more of like, because it was epic. You know, it was, it was the second fight on the card. Grundy had gone and made his UFC debut, scored a knockout when everyone was thinking this is just going to be a wrestle yeah. fest. Yeah. It ends up being a stand-up war and, and Grundy catches Nad and finishes him. So the crowd were already on the feet. 
But then you come out. What was it like? When it, I was was like it was like I was in Liverpool. It was a house party. Oh, I know. There's people dancing and everything. I, I come out to I Follow Rivers, right? And I was just like, I, I follow. And Nick, this time... I'd said, like, I'm going back to old meatball. I'm going to start swearing, flipping the bed. I'm just, I was walking out with that flag and I was just screaming, yes, this is my house. Because I may never have a performance like that again. I may never have, I don't think that's going to happen, but you just got to take it for what it was at that moment in time. And I was screaming me little lead off walking to that cage and I just thought, no one or nothing is going to take this away from me. And... The goal was to submit it in the first round, and we was so close. Yeah. Honestly, I armbarred it, and I felt the ligaments go pop, pop, pop. I felt an elbow dislocate, and I was going to the referee. It snapped. I've snapped it. And he was like, fight on. She hasn't screamed. She hasn't, tapped. She she hasn't, hasn't said tapped. anything, yeah. So I was like, oh, you look witch. <laughs> Are you stealing me, me um, storybook ending here? Absolutely. <laughs> well, that, well, it would have been a storybook ending, of course, because... You know, you made your UFC debut in Liverpool. You mm-hmm. got a short notice fight. You didn't make weight. That seemed to affect you more than anything. You were in thing, floods yeah. of tears when you didn't make weight. Mm-hmm. When you walked to the octagon, yes, it was a house party, but you weren't so, bouncing no, around. You was... weren't the usual you. You mm-hmm. weren't flipping the beard at people and and calling people into fight yeah. like you were on Saturday night. That was you. That's yeah. that's that's the real Molly McCann we got to see in London. So yeah. what what was the change? Was it being away from home? Was it having the time to have a full camp? Was it knowing in the back of your mind, I've done everything I can, I can win this? Yeah, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head with everything. Um, sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail. And in UFC Liverpool, I was the nail. And this time I was the hammer. And um, I said it a few times and I've said it to you a few times, like the time I've spent on that mat doesn't lie and I think I'm not going in with doubt. I didn't have no pressure on me and everyone was talking about pressure and I just didn't feel it because I felt like by making weight without having to cut and with just... I was so professional from last June up until Saturday night, up until I'd won and was getting back on the bevies. I I was Drinking just, Grey Goose in the back of an ambulance. That's how you, that's how you roll. <laughs> um, I just feel like I'd done everything right and... I said to you, if I don't, didn't I say, if I don't win, I deserve to to retire because there's not more that I'd be able to do that I haven't done. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just thought, I spoke to Vinnie Shawman the morning of the fight, and he was teaching me how to anchor stuff and thinking about my emotions and this. And he was like, your mental fortitude is quite good, but there's one thing I keep noticing. I said, go on, mate. He said, it seems like you're fighting for everyone else, for your city for your gym, for your family, but why aren't you fighting for you? And honestly, that just stuck with me and I went, I've come up trying to fight for myself and, and since winning the title, it started to become about just for Liverpool and just for this and just for that. And it still is for everyone else, but I took a bit of ownership back on it and I thought, no, I want to be able to celebrate. I want to be proud of what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I just went in there and... When he was saying, what emotion do you want to feel when you're in there? I said, at peace. And he was like, what? He's like, I want to feel at peace last time I was in there. Me, I was burnt out. My vibe weren't right. I was nervous, negative energy. And I was like, I want to feel present in this moment. And I just want to go for it. And we done little bits and, and we did it. It's phenomenal. It's great that you, you, your attitudes change like that because... Doing it for the city, doing it for the country, doing it for your family, doing it for your friends and your gym mates and your training partners. That's all a consequence of doing it for you. Yeah. 
all, all that will happen. All mm-hmm. that, this city's behind you, win, lose or draw. Oh, doesn't you, matter. I know. Walking, matter. walking here from Kenny today, honestly, I was in. I went to the shop to go and get my mum breakfast, and I've got like sixty-year-old men going, "Yes, girl, we won money on you on the weekends." And, <laughs> and downstairs, it's like heroes welcome for. I don't know. I try and be everything this city embodies. Do you know what I mean? And and it's all. Oh, I can't even feel upset. I'm just elated. I'm just. I'm waiting for this come down to come, and I just don't think it's going to come. This but, time. but the thing is, it's as you as you said, they'll know. You've realised more than anything else. You're the one that gets up early in the morning and does these sessions. You're the one that does three a days. You're the one that follows the diet plan. You're the one that gets your mind mentally right. It's got to be for you first and foremost. You've yeah. got to do it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. You've yeah. got to want to do it. You've you've got to want to be a UFC champion. You're because you're yeah. the one doing the work. I think the reason why I started making it about other people or talking about being for the city was. I don't want to start believing my own hype and where we've seen uh, people's career deteriorate when they start thinking like that, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's knowing the balance of how much to talk about yourself and to hype a fight without becoming self-obsessed or absorbed. Yeah. So you have to be self-obsessed to do what we do, but it's about knowing the fine line. And I think I've just about got it now, do you know what I mean? Because I don't want to be... I look at some fighters and think, oh, mate, shut up. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I just, I'd like people just to look at me and go, oh my God, you can just tell how much fight means to that girl and how much she loves being where she's from. And some people will probably be like, oh, put a shut her up because she doesn't stop. But I'm just like, you fought Rocky Fields and milked his world title. Wow. <laughs> Wait till you see how much I milk this. <laughs> but that's, listen, that's what fight sports needs, though. It needs personalities. It needs big characters. It needs people that aren't afraid of the microphone, aren't afraid of the media. Like, as soon as you got the mic at the weekend, you just rocked it out. And we were talking the night before the way This was the other thing. So we're at the Fighters Hotel. This is the night before the weigh-ins. This was like Thursday night. Bear in mind, they made weight between 9 and 11 the next morning. And obviously... With weight issues, Wally, Molly had a weight issue in Liverpool, so it's like you'd expect. None of the fighters were floating around. Everyone's starting their cuts. Me and Molly, and was it Danny was sitting with us? Yeah, about three hours, four We're hours. We're sitting yeah. in, the, in the lounge for about three hours. Everyone's we, having a bevy. We were having a beer, killing Molly. She was sitting there, but you were just on your phone. Yeah. You were having a little coffee, like chilled yeah. out and anything. Mm. And you were like, I'm so relaxed. I'm enjoying it. Well, I'll go up and start my weight cut soon, but you know, I've only got... And then you disappeared, came back five minutes later... I've got 700 grams to lose, yeah. not worried about it. And then I seen you the next morning, you went, I woke up on weight. Yeah. No sauna, no bath, no nothing. No so that's what I mean. And then meanwhile, you passed Priscilla and you went, I've just seen her with a big hoodie on. She's struggling, she's getting down. Yeah. Then you come on the scales Friday morning. Yeah. Absolutely full of life, waving to everyone, giving it the big one. Mm. And then she come out and she's staggering on the scales. She looked a bit wobbly. In your mind, because I'm thinking it, in your mind, are you thinking? That was me. Round one to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, um, Ellis, my coach, Ellis is is really good at cutting water, like really good. And he was like, "I'm telling you now, post three minutes of the first round, she'll have nothing for you. She's cut that much." And I was thinking, "I actually believe you. I actually believe you." And the you see him from the second the Rich Mitchell went fight, I was straight in a hit, and I tried to keep this pace. That, that she couldn't contend with. And in the second round, I've come back to the stool and Paul's like, you all right? And this is the first time my whole life I've gone, I'm really tired. And he was like, catch your breath. He was like, Molly, you haven't stopped. The intensity is so fast. Yeah. And then when I watched it back, I thought, oh my, no, it really was. It really was. And 
that last round, Nick, I was waiting for that last round. I was like, I looked at the crowds. I was like, I'm going for the finish here. And it was literally the third punch in the round. Me, I went and I was like, God damn it. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to have to fight for me life here. Because the second I hit it, me, I thought... Oh, do you know what I mean? You can feel it. You knew straight away. Well, my eyes closed straight straight away. Yeah. It wasn't for about 40 seconds until everyone else realised on the commentary. They was like, oh, and Paul Field was like, yeah, that's a broken orbital. And after the fight, I weren't having it that my eye was broken. I was not Do you think it it was the thumb and the eye? When we watch it back, it was the thumb and the the eye doctor, surgeon even, Mm -hmm. said to me, um... When I opened up the eye, there was a triangle. Like, I was missing a triangle on my tear duct. So it was like, that looks like a fingernail as well. Um, so there's a there's a break where my tear duct is and there's, like, a bit of sinus stuck to the bone. And he was like, I'm not sure if your tear duct's really going to work again. Um, and when I went in yesterday... I hadn't cried, I hadn't been upset, I'd just been still riding the wave of emotion and then I was yeah. like, he started saying really big words and like, sudden onset glycoma, this, this and this and I was like, <sighs> and oh, then nice. it really became real. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be like Mike Bisbon. My eye is going to look like Mike Bisbon. I was like, oh my God, like I've still got to get married one day. Like who is even going to love me anymore <laughs> with this eye? <laughs> and um, and what happened? Um, he, he said, right, your pressure's fine. Um, your vision's fine. You've just got a bruise to the retina. And he was like, which is normal, considering what you've just been through. You, and you've just had surgery, Mal. So he was like, he was like, obviously middle class, upper class. I'm in this hospital and I'm thinking, this man has been so lovely because you go into certain places and they're like, mm-mm, no. Yeah. Like they don't want to know about cage fighting because that's what they still call it. And this man I'd, was like, oh, so we've made history, have we? He was like, I'm finally famous, am I, for operating on a famous Fantastic. person? And he was... Was this down in London still? This was down in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I couldn't believe... Finished the fight at 7 o'clock. Was in hospital, out hospital by 9 o'clock. Back in hospital again 9 the next morning. Operation done. Back at home 4 in the afternoon. Went to Nando's for 5. Was eating donuts for 7. <laughs> and then the next day, back in the hospital, checked out. And then back in Liverpool for 9 o'clock the following night. The aftercare by the UFC, I was thinking... If I was on a lesser promotion, I wouldn't have medical care. No, you'd be sitting in a And right now, I might not have a career no more. Yeah. Because he said to me, he was like, if, I can't remember what, it, what the name of the person who operates on faces is called, because I can't say it right, so I'm not even going to try, but he was like, someone was going to try and operate on you before I came in. And I'm an eye specialist, and he would have butchered it. Because <sighs> you can't improve what's happened to your eye now. Yeah. Um. So it would be like, if you t- tear an MCL in your leg, in your knee, that can repair on its own. But you can also have surgery to repair it, but you don't need it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's the same in your eye. Tr- like, knife-happy people will want to fix it, but they can't make it faster or improve. Yeah. It's just going to heal on itself. And he was like, if anyone tries to operate, he said, ring me, do not let them operate on your eye. Wow. He said, because people will just want to. And, and I don't. I was like... Am I gonna have like a squint now? Am I gonna like I didn't even start thinking about all this kinds of thing, do you know what I mean? Of course. And he was like, Oh, um, actually you're right, yeah, you 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 could and I was thinking, I don't give I don't care. I do not care. Like people are gonna take me for me and that's that, do you know what I mean? And 
my phone's not short of blowing up since I've run my face, let's put it that way, even with the eye. <laughs> How's it feel now? It's obviously gone down a lot now, but it's still it's still red. It still obviously looks sore. Um, it's really annoying that. At least you've stopped crying blood, Mal, because that's what you're doing Saturday night and it was terrifying, the life out of me. Well, yeah, well, I just thought it was the cut and it was the, um, the stitches because obviously I had three lacerations on my eye and the man was like, no... It, it was actually blood. It was you was actually crying blood, and I was like, "God's sake!" Um, I don't know. It's hard not to see out of it. My depth perception is horrific. Like I'm walking into walls and stuff. But I took me patch off, um, just because I thought the rate of recovery that it looks like. I'm not going to keep a patch on and start thinking in my head. I'm a little bit more injured than what I am, even though I am. I'm really downplaying. What's going on? Like I'm really downplaying it, yeah. Just because I think placebo. Stay positive. Yeah, like, stay positive. I'm just gonna get get fixed as fast as I can. And he said, um, I can go back training today if I wanted to. He said, I wouldn't. I can't take headshots throughout two two months. Yeah, he, he was writing the report, and he said, let's say three months. I said, listen, whatever you write on that is what the UFC is gonna go to. I said, so if three months is just like. Generic, you need to put down exactly. He said, Okay, two months, Molly. And I was like, Thank you. <laughs> and then um, he said, You can't swim for a week. He was like, But you can go back to training and all that. And I rang Paul Rim and I was like, So, Rim, I'm going to be back in the gym on Tuesday morning. And he was like, Oh my God. He was like, Can you just wait until you can see out of your other eye? And I was like, Yeah, all right. Um, I'm probably. Make not- it Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, make it Wednesday. But I've been in this morning, watched all the lads spa. Um, I don't know anything other than being in the gym. I'm a little gym rat. It's always been the same. But Paul was like, just come and coach. So I'm going to get scrambled to send me a new gi and I'm going to start on the gi program. And um, and I'm just going to keep on working my way up, working my way up. And when I, I nearly subbed a Brazilian, do you know what I mean? And it was in some good fashion as well, Nick. Like, and we're going to come on to that. We're going to come on to that. Yeah. Come back, coming up in part two, I want to go, go through the fight with Molly because I want to talk to you about that arm box. I'm telling you now, it, it was, was close. On. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Delighted to say, meatball Molly McCann, the history maker, is still in studio with me. And we were just talking then, Mel, but during the adverts about this weight cut and the fact that, you know, you'd gone from missing weight in Liverpool to doing the weight standing on your head in London without any of the traditional yeah. saunas, wet, you know, uh, dry suits, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff, Sweet salt baths, all, all this kind of stuff, oh. which, is, which is pretty much everybody else on the cards night. Yep. And you're sitting in the lounge with us drinking a coffee I, on your phone. So. Everyone hated me fighting. Exactly. What was yeah. the, what's the secret behind that then? What's, you know... So the secret was post... UFC Liverpool, Carl Evans got in touch with me from John Moores and he, we'd known each other for quite a while. He's a head strength and conditioner, strength and conditioning coach. He's a doctor now, actually, um, down at John Moores and he's got a like, PhD or degree in nutrition as well. So he's quite... He went to Junior Olympics for Taekwondo. Like, he's been an athlete mm-hmm. and then he studied how to get someone fit and to eat right and how to physio and rehab them. So this man's, like, unreal. Yeah. And he just put his hands out and said, look, you're better than that, and you deserve help from the city, and I want to help you. So um, after the UFC Liverpool, we put me on the Dexa machine, and I was like, right, you have got this much fat on your body, your bone density is this, your muscle mass and lean muscle tissue is this. And he was like, and I'm going to get you to this. And I was like, no, I'm not having it. He was like, I'm telling you now, you won't have to water load, you won't have to cut. 
It's like not having it, lad. Not having it. So anyway. Just because of years of obviously boxing training, MMA training, being around all the lads Just doing the I've same done thing. It my like, whole life. This is this is what we do. What are you talking yeah, about? What are you going like, on about, like he's reinventing the wheel. Yeah, you messing? Yeah, all right, mate. Do you know what I mean? And basically, me, him, uh, Paul Reed. You obviously know from Cage Warriors Academy and mm-hmm. the Rig- He runs Rigo. And Paul Rimmer sat down and was like, "Right, this is how it's going to be. Monday and Wednesday, you've got four sessions a day." Tuesday and Thursday you have two. Friday you have two. You have the whole weekend off. Wow. So I was like, oh, Jesus, tonight. Friday I had three, sorry, not two. So the only thing that kind of changed was I had to start doing fat burn and runs in the morning. Um, so I'd have to wake up on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday and go for an hour run, come home, eat, then I'd have a session, two back-to-back sessions and then eat and then go and do S&C. So that was like three days a week, and that was really tough. So what is that, three meals a day, four meals a day? So I was on three meals a day. Now, mm-hmm. Joel down at Macro Chef was working with Paul and Carl. So the science bit, so I'd get on this machine and I'd tell you how many calories I was allowed at rest and breathe. And then Paul Reed would turn that into macros. And then Paul would send that to car, uh, to Joel. And then Joel would put that into three meals. Wow. Now, I could have had four meals. But I was like, no, I want to feel full off each meal. So I was going on about 550 calories per meal. And I was allowed one latte a day. Because uh, I was like, look, I'm not giving up coffee. <laughs> um, I like ice latte every day from Starbucks. So that's what I'm having. What was that? Where was that in your day? Did you have the same time every day? Did you mix it um, up? Was that I'd like have, the end of the day? I look forward to it. I'd run in the morning and then I'd have a knocko energy drink with my breakfast. And then after I'd done my two sessions, I'd have the coffee before my fourth session. Right. Um, but I just weren't having. I weren't having it. Like, they was like, right, weigh yourself every day. For six weeks, my weight. Like came down by about a kilo, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, "Hmm, what are they going on about here?" So then I went on the DEXA scan, and they was like, "You've lost eight pounds of fat, and you've put eleven pounds of muscle on. That's why your weight hasn't changed." And I was like looking at myself, going, "Yeah," because I was wondering like where these guns are coming from. <laughs> I was like, "I've got a peachy bum, I've got quads of steel, I'm getting abs like." Meatballs never had abs, do you know what I mean? And um, my shoulders were boulders. I was like, what's going on? And it was the power of science. It was keeping everything. I didn't, I say I didn't cheat once. From Christmas Day, I drank once and I went to my nephew's birthday party and had cake at his party. And that's the only cheats that I had all the way up until my fight. And that was the difference, was not having, like, being around people, especially when I was in a, in my previous relationship mm-hmm. or relationships with other people, if they'd have like a machis or a milkshake, I'd just have like one little sip of it of here or let's just have one chip. And honest to God, you believe it do nothing. But it does. It does and it adds up at the end and it equates to, to quite a little bit. So um, I said, I, I'm going to give everything and leave no stone unturned. So if I did lose, at least I know I would give my life to it. Yeah. And I think we all knew by the shape that I was in. When I stood on them scales and then pictures of me when I was flexing and I was screaming, I looked at myself and I went, oh, my God. I weren't ever expecting to look at myself like that. And 
I was screaming that much, it kind of made me red and made me look like I had a bit of a tan nick. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I was kind of like even more good. buzzing. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> when I was getting the pictures done at the UFC, I was saying to the makeup woman, right, you need to make me not look like too white. And uh, Mike, the man who takes the pictures, go, Mike, how, how, and I was about to say, white do I look? And he went, Caucasian. <laughs> and I was like, I'm the whitest fighter on the roster with the littlest reach. It's just sly. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know. It, it is what it is. The, them meals then, mm-hmm. you know, for anyone listening now, they're probably thinking, I bet if she was eating like, you know, cardboard for the breakfast and then maybe like did 11 you, sticks Did of you see my food? And... Oh, I kept on online, Nick. My brekkie was... Two rations of turkey bacon, um, two scrambled eggs, two protein pancakes, and um, a agave syrup on top. Wow. Oh, and two hex sausages. So imagine that with a coffee. I'm yeah. just sitting there winning with life. So you're sitting there thinking, now this is what I'm this talking about. This is what about. I'm talking about. And then I'd have like an enchilada for lunch and then for dinner. Me, I'd not have the same meal every day, but I was saying to Joel down at Macro Chef, I was like, can I just have this every day? He's yeah. like, no. I was like, no, please. And he's like, no, you're going to have something different every day. And I was like, oh, lads, but I, re- I was having beef satay noodles. Wow. I'm sitting there on steak. And everyone was like, wow, Molly's really happy this fight camp. And I was like, yeah, because my food's actually the bomb. Do you know Absolutely, what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. But I said to him, I said, I want the same breakfast every day. I said, you can change my lunch and my tea. I was like, well... I was like, I've Hit got me to with that healthy full English. Yeah, give me that every day. And do you know what? Joel messaged me. I rang him actually on Friday after I made weight. And I just want to say thanks. He went, what for? Said I didn't have to get a nothing, lad. No bath, no nothing. And he was like, oh, nice one. And then he rang me on Monday. He was like, are you eating a full English? I was like, no, I haven't had carbs. Actually, I've just had scramble, scrambled egg, a sausage and bacon. And he's like, why? Why aren't you like filling your face with a full English? I was like... I've just changed yesterday. I didn't have carbs. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I know I'm out for time now. And it's not on me to be like, I need to go and eat loads of sugar. I need to be like this because I didn't cut. I just healthy yet. I did it the right way. And um, and hopefully for my longevity, you will never beat a Molly McCann who's who's fully, her glycogen in her muscles are pumping. You will not beat a Molly because my work rate will not let me win. It will not let me lose, do you know what I mean? So as long as I keep right on the nutrition, it's going to take something so so special and out of this out of this world to beat me again. Now I'm like this, do you know what I mean? And I think going down to what I said to you, what was wrong with the last camp? It was the weight cut. Yeah. And I rectified that and look at my performance. Well, this one, there was no weight cut. It was just yeah. a diet. It was just a change of diet. That was it, yeah. Change of lifestyle. But from the sounds of things, what you were eating... Why would you ever want to go back anyway? Oh, I know. I said, lad, can Just... I have it? Can I have the food now already? And he went, eh, no, I've this week off and I'll come and drop off to you next week. So I just graze my little way through life right now and then next week I'll just get back onto it because a fighter needs routine and when you go off the handle, you go off the handle. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah. yeah. I know before you came to the studio tonight, you dropped your mum off at the uh, train station. Mm-hmm. Um, little Sharon. How's she doing? How's she... Is she... Where's she at? She's like, she's like mob wives, isn't she? She's the little gangster who stands at at front row, and she has about fourteen of my uncles and cousins standing behind and making sure no one bumps in. And she's just like the queen. And <laughs> um, she didn't come out and see me. She didn't come the Aussie. Do you know where she was? She was watching Darren Till. <laughs> she was like, "No, Mal, I'm staying. I'm watching Danny. I'm watching Darren." 
I was like, yeah. You'll be all right. See you later. She, do you know what? I was like, where are you? And she just texted me, soon come. I was like, all right, enjoy. Do you know what I mean? She's like, what are you doing? And obviously she was up, She was watching Instagram and she's seen I was drunk in the in the hotel, singing, making all kinds of funny videos with me fame. But um, it was nice for her to put to bed because she's seen the anxiety and she's seen the struggle. And I said to you before the last fight, she, she rang me up and she said, I don't know if you can do this anymore. She said, I think you should pull out of the London Guard. I think your mental health is, is more at stake than a fight. And I just said to her, the, the cost and the price of ambition and to be, um, what did I say? To make change and all of that costs and this is the price to feel this way. And I was like, hey, the demons, I've got to get rid of them. I will not feel okay if I don't finish on a win, mum. And I said, we'll have this conversation after I've won. And she said to me, like, the, the conversation's not been brought back up again because you can see my mental state, I'm... I'm cool now. I'm good. But, Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Like I said to you, you you got to be up open and honest about how you're feeling. And um, the UFC done a little video with me about that, and it got quite a lot of love online. Even John Cavana over in uh, SBG was like, "How can't you respect someone for talking and being as open and honest as that?" Um, was that about the ten months? Was that about the time between Liverpool? And, yeah, and whatever. You know, Liverpool, we, we mentioned it then. Liverpool was a high. Mm. Now we're in, now we're in the outer stratosphere. We, yeah, we're in space. We're, we're gone now. But mm. Liverpool was a high. But what followed that high because of what happened on the night, because of the wake up, because of everything else, was an extreme low. Mm. You were extremely low. This was yeah. prior to you entering every jujitsu tournament that was possibly available to you. Yeah, there was a few weeks there when you were absolutely so low. Yeah. What ultimately pulled you out of that was it the fact that you were like, no, I ain't going out like this. I think if we. You know about me, me history and, and growing up in the circumstances I grew up in and and constant uh, caring for family members who was terminally ill and looking after my dad. and uh, There's just kind of been nothing in my life that I've ever thought I'm not going to be able to get through, Nick. But I t- I, like, I'm not lying to you. There was times when I lay in bed and I just thought, I can't keep waking up feeling like this not like I was going to do anything stupid but I was just thinking I understand why people kill themselves because to not feel this pain Mm -hmm. like I didn't think I was just like why isn't it going why is it not going it's been time why aren't I over it and um, I just had to keep lying to myself that I was going to get better and when I started feeling a bit more fulfillment um. And I just thought, oh, swear this, I'm not feeling like this, I'm just going to go out and do a jit comp and this, this and this. It started, like, I started coming back to myself a little bit. And when I got the fight announcement, I started coming back to myself a little bit. And when I got my purple belt, I come back to myself a little bit. And then I parted ways with um, my partner in fight camp. And I came back to myself a little bit more. And I think going through what I went through when I was with Paige, like she really helped me through everything I was going through. Um, but I think I needed to be going through it on my own. Yeah. And I think I relied on her too much to help me through the good. And it helped me through the bad and it didn't work. And 
being two athletes really works in some sense of the word and in other sense of the word it really doesn't because they need to be self we both had to be selfish so we both had to take a a little break away from what we was doing and I think that was probably the best thing that's happened to me since my loss because it allowed me to fully focus on being who I need to be yeah as painful as it is to leave and not be in the relationship anymore and as much as I miss it um it all had to be done and I don't regret it do you know what I mean and I'm in a better place for it and um and that was all what has made me think, all those inches like I had to keep I had to keep shedding the the dead wood and taking the chips off my shoulder and I was carrying too many people and they was carrying me and it was like you just need to carry yourself at the minute and put, I went into the gym um, after me and Paige split and Paul was like this is your life. You're never getting this moment back again. This was a month ago. Mm-hmm. A month ago today. This was, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Or five weeks ago today. And he's just like, you've got to go and go and do it. And like, no one really knows that what had happened to me personal life. Do you know what I mean? I, I told you, because mm-hmm. you put a picture up of me and Paige. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it off now. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it all had to happen and... And you had to shed it all to become you again, to, yeah. to kind of re- reborn. Re, like, it's the proper... Yeah, Phoenix from the Flames type yeah, of thing, innit? Yeah. you know? You went down in a ball of flames, but you absolutely Meatball rose from it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Obviously, I've still got Meatball Molly McCann in the studio. Stick with us coming up in part three. We'll have a look through the rest of that card. And I promise, I did mention it earlier, we will talk about the fight with Priscilla because... That armbar was close. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Meatball Molly McCann, the history maker. Still in studio, delighted to say. And she's a double gift now as well. Get on your phone. There's two gifts there with Molly McCann. One, flipping the beard, obviously. Sensational. We love that. It goes viral instantly. But two... Jumping the cage. Now, you jumped the cage. It was so on the hooter. People thought you were jumping out the cage while the fight was still going. <laughs> People on the media were going, what's she doing? What's she doing? No, I heard it before I jumped out the cage. But we had this little, uh, through every dark day that I've had at that gym, Paul Rimmer said to me, you jump that cage and you jump on me after that fight. And me and Carl down at John Moore's was like practising box jumps because beginning of the camp, I couldn't jump. Do you know what I mean? And we worked that hard on strength and conditioning. It was like, normally when I win a fight on cage, we always just sit on the top of the cage, don't I, and mm-hmm. just look at everyone. But I have to climb there and it's really hard. This, it was like, we made a, we were saying, I'm like from Norris Green, and I was like, when the busies are chasing you and you scale the fence, I was like, boom, <laughs> gone. I was like, they're not catching me. I'm dusting them. <laughs> or we were saying, um, when your mum asks you to go to the shop to get a loaf of bread and a pint of milk. And I was like, yeah, no more, I'm off. <laughs> so um, I said to Paul, the second I've won that fight. It I'm literally done. was the second as well. Yeah. The second. Because I just thought, she she had hit me and I'd rolled and I heard the clock at the last 10. And I thought, right, I'm going to just throw a couple of digs at you. I went, bam, 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 bam. And then I've ran away and I thought, I'm flipping you the beard because you're a cheeky bitch for what you did there. And then... I'd, as I was flipping, I was running away and then, like, scaled and just jumped on Paul Rimmer and Simon and Ellis. But the best thing is, is someone screenshotted when Fishy won in Prague. You should have seen Paul Rimmer's reaction. 
and everyone in the corner's reaction and they screenshot it and Paul put it on his Instagram and said, if you don't celebrate like this when your team wins, yeah. what are you even doing? And I jumped on him. like It was like Khabib flying after cut. Who did Khabib jump on? <laughs> Dylan Dennis. Yeah, that's what it was like. It was like the eagle meatball was coming. <laughs> and um, I just jumped on him. And I didn't even think like I could have got disqualified. Like So much was going on. There was so much emotion and... Yeah, he screenshotted it and it's a picture on Instagram and it was just it means them so much to me that he's done that. Do you yeah, know what I mean? that the the eye injury. Let's talk about Chris Lamb, obviously, mm-hmm. Doctor Chris Lamb, who we both know really well. He's the ringside physician for all the UFC events when it comes to Europe, yeah. um, and he's an experienced. He's only from Manchester. I'm sure you've had many a medical Me- oh, Chris as well. Well, many Chris, his pockets are lined with my money for medicals. <laughs> let me tell you that much. So, how, how comfortable was you when the referee called him in? You know, there was a minute to go in the fight. You'd won. You'd won every round until that point. Yeah. You know, there's that moment where you think, "Oh, please don't stop this." Well, Rich has gone right, doctor, and this is the referee. And Rich has done about six of my fights. And I went, Rich, mate, don't do this to me. Don't like my head's down so the camera can't see because I thought they're gonna zoom in on me. And I'm like, Rich, don't do this to me, mate. Come on. And then uh, Chris goes, Can you see? I said, Open my eye. He opened my eye and I was like, I can see if you open my eye. Yeah. I was like, Chris, just give me at 48 seconds, mate. He was, he was like, Go on. And then I just turned round, I looked at the camera and I just pointed at my eye like cheered the crowd the fans up. Going. and then I just done the cutthroat sign I was like you will not defeat me you are not going to finish me here but the place just went mad then you yeah. know the place was mad anyway because it was such a it was such okay you were giving it a beat down mm. because she was such a zombie lady kept walking forward but she was still giving as good as That's she was what getting I mean. she, she was still coming at you no, she like, wasn't. I just made sure your head doesn't stay online yeah. like goals and gloves what won me the fight in that last round was counter hooking off my left and right hand, which Kevin Smith and Kev Barrett and Georgie Treble and Steve Ungie taught me down at the Golden Gloves, and and I can't take you go back to what you know. Of course, and that's all I was I was hitting. Like I'd be proud that all the purest boxers would have probably watched that and gone yes to meatball. Yes, there we go. Do you know what I mean? She's still there. She's still there. So that was classic meatball. Let's talk about these submission attempts because that's new, all yeah. new and improved meatball. That's purple belt meatball. It is. That's Molly Jits. Absolutely. That. Yeah. It wasn't it, just the armbar though. There was it a was few. a transition. Yeah. yeah. So we was working on. I've got the littlest range in the division, uh, in reach. So to get in on someone who had a four or five reach inch advantage I can't remember what she was you've got to 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 make it dirty to get in so I was using like a a feint into a body lock or into a takedown to engage a clinch and then try and dirty box or elbow off the end of it and I thought I'm going for a takedown here and I got it was a single leg into a double and then the way she landed we had worked get me hooks in take the back rear naked choke and I got my hooks in, and as I'm about to take the back, she's switched, so I was, like, side on, so I was, like, on a shoulder, mm-hmm. and I had a head and arm triangle. Now, I was going to squeeze the life out of this, and I was, but I was trying to fix my hooks and make sure I was staying in and not falling off the back, mm-hmm. and I just thought, sorry, I'm back and paddy ba- the body, yeah. and I thought, if I squeeze too much, I'm going to burn my arms out, and if this doesn't finish, I've got a long time to go and fight with no arms, nothing in my arms, and this is like that's all I've got. And it's not all I've got, but they're my weapons. Of course. So I switched it to 
I tried to sweep it, and then I'm on my back, and she, I've got the wrong arm in. So my right arm's in, and I need my left, no, my left arm's in, and I need my right arm in so that I can pick her leg up and sweep her to the back to finish the arm bar, which I end up doing. And I end up, she was defending with both hands, and I just, it was like the lads on the commentary was talking me through it. Yeah. As I was doing it, but I couldn't hear them. Right. It's just I'm doing what they're telling me to do at the same time because I was doing the right thing. So I peeled one arm, hips extended, and I just heard crack, crack, crack. And the crowd went off there. Because it was in. Oh it was my, so it deep. Was on, I just felt a crack, and then she rolled to the floor, belly's down. Yep. Belly's down. I felt it go crack, and then she's rolled again. And she's come out, but then it's gone into like an Americana, so it's more like a shoulder lock. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to Rich. Rich, ear arms snap, lad. <laughs> I was like, it snapped, it snapped. And then she advances a position, and I go, I lock round the neck. So for someone who hasn't apparently got jiu-jitsu, I've transitioned from a head and arm triangle, rear naked choke, arm bar, and now I'm going into a guillotine. And then as I've gone into the guillotine, um, I think I've flattened her out. And then I've gone side control, mount. And then I thought, elbows of doom are coming for you, Gail. And <laughs> yeah, I just did the klaxon and I was like, oh, 10 minutes. Like, I could have finished you here because I was, I was in a position where I thought I could finish you here. And then when it went, the buzzer went, I put both hands on my face and you get ready to beep this out I went you're fucked love <laughs> and then went back to my corner and I thought I've done it yeah I've done it I know I've beat it and now I'm going to get the finish um and for me that was the point where when I was walking out Paul Fielder was like she can't just be a boxer who's got to take down defense like if she wants to make a name for herself she has got to have takedown she has got to have grand pound she's got to have submissions attempts and it was like at the end of the fight it was like I've just give you Spinning back kicks, spinning elbows, takedown, submission attacks. Sub- like, there's not much more I could have done. Caught a kick, took her down. Yep. Um, she didn't take me down, but in a in a scramble, she got top position and I got straight back up. It's like, I couldn't have done any more than what I had done and I had ticked every piece of criteria. If you say, what's MMA? I've just done it there and then. Of course, you know what I mean? showed our full round, did you wear? That's it, yeah. When you... Um... Do you think you'll ever top this? The feeling of it, the feeling when, of this win, because you were so you could just see the euphoria in your face, so much relief because of the journey, because of the last nine months, jumping the cage, celebrating with Paul. It's like, I how gra- do we top this? I grabbed that camera and I said, Liverpool, this was for you. I walked away, I came back, and I screamed, and I was like, this is how much it means. Like, there's not many. Someone put. Someone tagged me in a picture and tagged Kel Brook in it and went, lad, that's what you. That's how you carry on fighting with an up cracked orbital bone or something, do you know what I mean? And I was like, meow, wow, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, um, that, I've never had to fight through adversity like that with an injury before. Mm-hmm. I've never had to fight through adversity on pressure outside and mental fortitude thinking I've still got it. Um... I have still got it. And the only thing that will beat this feeling is getting a submission in there. Like, I don't think it'll feel like what it's like to knock someone out, Nick. Like, I've knocked a few people out cold with knees, like, like dead on the floor. And mm. that was like, Amazing. wow. Yeah. 
but I feel like because I've done that was my 30th fight in it was my 13th in MMA I've had one one K one fight and the rest was boxing so I'm kind of at a point now where the big wins aren't going to feel as euphoric as as what the shorts, do you know what I mean? Because you're used to getting that feeling. Of course. Um, but I probably will take time in between each fight now and not rush straight back in because I think that was a... The fire hadn't gone out in that Liverpool fight, but it was all like... It had just become very generic. Yeah. And I just think fighting in the UFC is more than generic and it's more than ordinary and you need to miss it, you need to love it. And... Um, I really can't wait to get back in there again, but I've got my best mate's wedding in August and I won't be allowed to have head contact till July. So just being right and being ready, I'd probably say late September or October will be the next time that I get out there. But I really do want that submission finished just for Paul, just for Paul for to get that girl from Rubber Soul or to get that girl from Subway. The boxer. The boxer. To get the boxer. To make her... That was a seal of approval of him, that fight. That was... He, he'd done the same with Danny Roberts and he's done the same with me, but it's just took me more time because I moved away. Um, It just goes to show how good of a coach he is. Absolutely. And that's that. And he can take a boxer with zero ground skills and transition them into, you know... Because Danny as well, let's talk about Danny's fight. Yeah. He survived two rounds of just non-stop submission attempts. Yeah, you know? and he still didn't. He didn't tap. Who was his referee for that fight? It was uh, Patrick something. A guy I've not really seen much on the scene before. I know Dana White apologised to him. I was with the. I was in the lobby with him actually, because I haven't really spoke to Danny much over the last few years. Obviously, he went over to America and stuff, and um, it's the first time he was the, him and Fish. He was the first ones who said come to our gym with us, come to our gym with us when he was at Next Gen. And I just said to him, I was like, lad, um, it was like Sunday morning, like one o'clock. I was like, uh, six years ago today, I was still in Subway. And I put that picture on my Instagram. Like, I was dressed wearing a, a Subway. Yeah, I was dressed as a sandwich. And I was like, I wouldn't be here if you, I really wouldn't have been here if you hadn't told me to go and train with Paul. So thank you. And he was so happy for me. There was no like, sadness on his side or him trying to talk about him getting robbed it was just genuine like well done mate you're over the moon for you yeah I've just yeah it was just well done and I don't know I'm a bit sad for him but I don't know he's his contract be well more than mine so he's not yeah. going to be well listen much, yeah. after, you're putting performances like that you know you, you're robbed by a judge it was a, it was a judge in error it was a, it was a referee in error you know and <clears throat> to my views on it go and listen to our podcast which is out this week the UFC show uh, which I do with Adam Cattrall that's available at fightdisciples.com but that was, you know, a situation that Danny's come out of that with. Hopefully, he got a, a behind-the-scenes bonus. Hopefully, he did because he, he deserved to double his wages that night because he was amazing. I thought to surviving Claudio Silva's attacks the way he did, his submission defense was absolutely on point, and he was lighting them up on the ground, um, lighting them up on the feet. Before before we sign off, I just want to ask you about where Darren Till's head is right now. Where you think because Darren, like yourself, was telling me the same thing was like, I can't feel that loss again. Yeah. I can't lose again. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to feel that again. Yeah. And he's got the one thing that you managed to avoid. He's now woke up with back to back defeats on yeah. his on his on his so, in his mind. Yeah. So, um, being from Liverpool, you always want everyone to succeed from here, and like I've been quite open and saying that 
we're not best mates because we've just never been around each other that much. Just, we box in the same city, we fight in the same city and we want each other to win. Mm. And he's paved the way for us in the UFC. Certainly Liverpool, and, yeah. yeah. And he got out, he, he's done so so well. And um, I was talking to his sisters. His sister and his mum came over to me after UFC Liverpool in the hotel and they was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And trying to not, they weren't, no with like a gloat or anything, but you could see they were so elated for Darren to get the win, but trying to be nice to me and and they, but they was preoccupied with that and I made sure that when I lost, I told you he messaged me saying, "Chin up, kid, shit happens." Um, but you're gonna go into bigger and better things. And when he lost to Tyron, I messaged him saying, "A wise man once told me to chin up and and that kind of thing." And I was I've been messaging his, his sister Caitlin just I just said to him I said look he's going to be a mess and he's going to need the people around him who's the right people and I said notice who is here now mm-hmm. notice who the stragglers on are and who are just here on the up do not give them people who aren't around him now the time of day and he needs to realize who the good people are in his life because he's going to have a load of good people and the city's proud of him the city doesn't eat him. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like when he got beat by Tyron, he got a little bit of stick. This time, he's not because mm. he went out and he had to go. Yeah. He, he gave a good account of himself before he got finished. And I really, really hope. Me and Paul Rimmer was talking about it on the phone yesterday, and he, my coach sigh, and he was like, "I hope he goes away." We all said, "We hope he goes away." He gets his head together. He gets right. He goes up weight and starts fresh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's no reason as to why he can't. He's young. It's not boxing. This isn't the end of the world. Like it re- he's a, he's a, he's got such a good mouth on him. Yeah. He's got good, he's a good lad and he can fight. So he's always gonna be loved here. And and he's always gonna have a future ahead of him. I just hope he finds the mental fortitude to be able to push through this because I've I was in the hospital getting my eyes stitched and <laughs> scared Rachel messaged me going, imagine if you'd lost how you'd be feeling now. Yeah. And I just went, oh. And then that's when I texted Darren's sister, Caitlin. I just went, do you know what I mean? And she's just like, it was so hard for everyone to see because he was out, out. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was like, so when Rhonda got done. Mm-hmm. It, it, to be honest, in that exact moment, it gave me flashbacks of when Terry got caught by Edson Barbosa. Mm-hmm. And that's my big fear now is that Teddy was never able to come back from that. Hopefully, Darren being so young, completely different fighter, completely different personality, hopefully he does come back. Listen, let me sign off by saying, bring it back to you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. The city much. is so proud of you. Thank it's you. amazing. You've made history. Yeah. No one can ever take that away. And this is just the beginning now. Yeah, so UFC one, meatball one, um, fresh, fresh, clean slate, and we get to move forward. And I'm telling you this now, the day I started MMA, Paul said said to me the other day, he said, start telling people you're going to be the first English woman to headline a, a fight night and it's going to be in Europe. Start putting these things back out because, Molly, you, you had told me you was going to do all this stuff in five years on Cage Warriors. He said, so start saying it now. So yep. I'm telling you now, I'll be the first English woman to either bring the UFC here, come home to the to the Marks and Spencers, even though it's always the echo to me. <laughs> or if it has to be, I'd take it to Manchester if it has to be. But 
we're going to do big things, Nick. You're going to come all the way with me, my oh, boy. I'm on that journey. I'm on that journey. Uh, stick with Fight Disciples, as I say. Big show coming up at the Echo Arena, the MS Bank yes, Arena on March the 30th. A big preview on that next week. I'll try and get some of the main protagonists on the show. Uh, and for much more than us, visit fightdisciples.com and on social media at Fight Disciples. See you later. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.